What's going on, everyone? It's Adam Craig with Grand Sand Golf. This is our tournament and DFS preview for the John Deere Classic, Craig, and the Aberdeen Scottish Open. We can't we can't ignore that one this week. Uh, Craig, what's going on? What? How did the Rocket Mortgage treat you? Uh, I had a few good showdown days. Not you know not quite putting together the full um, tournament long. Uh, I yeah. had a you know had some Cam Davis exposure, had some Norin exposure. Uh, unfortunately, I did not do a very good job getting my six of sixes through, so it always limits your upside. Yeah, there's um, lo- low six of sixes. Your Norn call was great. I did follow you on that, I think, on the tiers, the DraftKings tier, so I had Norn mm-hmm. there. But yeah. Cam Davis, it was bittersweet for me seeing him come down, eagle birdie, and then play pretty good through the playoff. Obviously, take home the win. Uh, a guy we've been talking about really for like 10 months since we've started doing this whole thing. Yeah, someone you're, you're a bit of a fanboy. Yeah, Vanboy, we gush about his swing right and left. Um, but ultimately, I mean, going back to our show last week, I kind of built up this profile of these short hitters and great putters, and he didn't fit it. So uh, I, I was talking on the show last week, making a couple handful of lineups. I only made two, and he didn't make it. So it was, it was great to see him get that win, breakthrough, but didn't have him. Yeah, and like I think he is the original guy that uh, I always make fun of you for when you go full full money ball scout on him. Like, man, the ball just pops off his <laughs> it back. Pops, it pops. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's great to see. I think uh, hopefully it just kind of unlocks a, a bunch for him. I, I kind of immediately think of like U.S. Open PGA's long. Well, I know, mean, the real thing for him, I mean, it, it has never been about what his you know when he plays well it's more like can he do it for 72 holes without the mistakes and so we've seen him do that in that type of field now can he start to do that more consistently Uh, because the upside potential is there I think for sure yeah I mean that was uh, a tweet I sent out on Sundays like when you see him do this it's like shocking that every week he's just not at the Mm -hmm. top of these leaderboards because it's like he is so talented his swing looks so good It, it does remind me a little bit of like early Dustin Johnson bit Ooh. It's a bold claim. It's not. I mean, it's just like the the stature, the body type, the swing, long and lean and far and effortless kind of power, uh, but not complete. Um, thinking back to DJ's Pebble Beach days where he got his first couple wins in the U.S. Open. But yeah, yeah, he, he's done a lot of different things since then. He's he's cleaned up his game. World number one former. Yeah, yeah I got you. It's a high bar. Um, it's a but high yeah, bar. Anyways, uh, you know, John Deere, Aberdeen. Uh, oh, I guess we got a we got a no, no, shout we got out. a bunch of stuff. No, yeah. We got a bunch of stuff to do. This is our DFS podcast. It's got our new format. I'm sure you guys know already if you've been listening week in week out. Uh, Craig, we said on our show last week, let's. Uh, who's your favorite 6K guy? I was going through the comments before our show. I don't think anybody got anyone in the top 50. So. We're pushing that aside, but in our comments, Peck did say he, he named a few people, but he did say Cam Davis as a sleeper. He wasn't in not, the 60s. Not a 6K guy. Not a not 6K, a 6K guy. guy. Uh, but Peck's getting the shout out because he mentioned Cam Davis and nobody, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but nobody had a 6K worth mentioning. <laughs> Yeah, um, and and I guess that just goes to show it. If you know, if you don't want to get throw a six k out there, just throw out a bunch of other people, and then <laughs> yeah. hope the one of them hits. And you'll get the shout out. Okay, we did the tiers, ten uh, k to six k last week. Craig, do you want to kind of a quick recap how your guys did here? 
Yeah, Patrick Reed up top didn't really do great. Uh, you know, I was hoping for a bit more, but it's never really his thing at, at these birdie fests. Um, I kind of had both the 9K and 8K ranges. I was a void slash play. Uh, yeah. I had Bradley, Keegan Bradley in the 9Ks and Jason Day in the 8Ks. Both of them ended up tied for 14th. I did plug them both in. So, um, I, I, you know, they were part of good lineups for me. Uh, best one for me was Alex Noren 7K. I think he was 76 or 7,700 right around there uh, right uh, tied for fourth and then uh you know he, he wasn't in the seven k's but i said mito Pereira, uh 6k we didn't have a price on him yet uh but he was a miscut and then my other 6k plays i i you know we just talked about them weren't necessarily my players of interest but um justin son and uh john pack i i tried to tried to get greedy with those <laughs> those 63 and 61 k uh prices um didn't work out both of them missed a cut on the number yeah, I think uh, the Morikawa, Wolf, uh, who else is in that class? Saw and then Hovland. Hovland. Yeah, I think that class spoiled it a little bit for us. Like, yeah, you just come on to the PGA Tour and start winning, guys. Like, it's yeah. not hard. Get a major. Show up to a major, get a win. Like, <laughs> maybe like Hovland and Morikawa are just like generational talents that just happen to come out in the same year. And- well, I think that's a little bit the case. You kind of have, I feel like, I forget who else was in this, but JT's year yeah, as well speed. was a good one. Um, or they're just buddies the, growing up. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few people from that year, though, that kind of all came out in the same year. And uh, anyways. So mine wasn't great. I had Hideki up top. So for I was going to talk about this in a little bit. I was against Bryson. So I was fading him. I felt like the only person in DFS that was fading him. So I got that right. But the other things I said weren't. The pivots <laughs> weren't. Uh... Weren't right. Yeah. Um, so I had Hideki Matsuyama withdraw COVID-19 test. Hopefully he's. All good for open and Olympics. Uh, I assume he would be though, with kind of John Rahm's timeline. But uh, yeah, the one thing is, um, you know, we've already seen uh, Siwoo Kim and Sung Jae are not going to play in the open. Uh, They're prioritizing the Olympics. Uh, Maybe potentially Hideki does something similar, uh, depending on on how these couple weeks go. Well, it is interesting in this, if we were doing multiple podcasts, maybe we will for the Open, uh, but the Open seems very different from what the protocols of the PGA have been. So a lot of guys seem confused, like the PGA Tour guys. And, and frustrated, I think. Uh, yeah. There seems to be some some griping from players. And then also 32,000 fans, I think. So it's a little bit like, it seems to be that things are very strict, but then conversely, yeah. um, 30,000 people are coming in. So A lot of confusion. I, I don't think you can have that uh, with these guys, but... Uh, so Hideki withdraw. Jason Kokrak I had as my 9K guy. He's T12. Had him win lineup, thankfully. <laughs> 8K I had an avoid. 7K was Doc Redman. Miscut there. 6K was Vaughn Taylor. Miscut there. So yeah, after getting Harris English two weeks ago, I kind of came up blank here. And that segues to a one and done. I kind of talked yeah. on the show. I was like, Kokrak or Doc? And I went, I just thought, you know, Kokrak's safer, but Doc I don't know his talent. So, I was kind of buying so, talent in recent form. So just to break it down, essentially the way we do it, we've got a three-person one-and-done going with, with the yeah. brothers. Um, whoever's in the lead has to pick first so that you can't just pick the same guy as the other ones. But uh, so, so last week you were saying, you were asking me if I wanted to give my, my one-and-done pick, and I picked Kokrak. And I, I knew at that time that it was going to be Kokrak. At, at our taping. Okay. So yeah. would you have... If you knew that I was picking him, would you have have picked him to cover or would you? So I did a quick search on our sheet to see nobody had Kokrak, I don't think. I knew you didn't for sure. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I'm not really much of like just kind of matching. I kind of feel like I'm the smartest guy in the room. So I, I don't think that maybe if you're into like the last couple of weeks, then I think last it's couple like, of weeks, oh, yeah, yeah. In the last couple of weeks, it might be a different story, but uh, this one, was, I, I always think I can outsmart and uh, yeah. I definitely did not, but you got, I think 150 some thousand dollars chip away at my lead now. Mm-hmm. A couple of uh, grand, disappointing so. finish there from Colcrack, by the way. I was already Just counting on about. Week. I was counting about a five hundred thousand paycheck, and then he. I don't even remember what happened, but he bogeyed the par five. Just you know, yeah. holes that should have been. He he should have been a lot closer when he was. I think minus four through nine holes, and ended up minus three on yeah. the on the day. So yeah. Anyways, ice cold putter. It seemed like yeah, the entire yeah. week. which I mean. He's had a pretty hot one for this whole season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Kevin won with Matt Wolf. Uh, kind of a bold call, I thought. Ended up T58. I'm sure he's not over really happy with that, but... I spoke to him on Thursday. He was already counting the win, so... Because uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Wolf, Wolf came out on fire to start the tournament. Uh, so he might be a little disappointed, I think. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, uh, something else that happened this week. Uh, our Discord link is below. We have a Discord channel. It's pretty active. Good chatter in there. A lot of good kind of this guy, that guy kind of discussion leading into the tournament and then really fun kind of live tournament chat. But got a shout out. Uh, Bracho Burrow uh, made a listener league kind of unofficial group tournament. Um, we I think we tried one for the US Open. Didn't quite fail. So he, he went smaller. Put it out in Discord. If you're interested in that, go to our Discord discord link below i'm sure he'll do another one but i want to shout out uh big r gamer won that one he had a pretty nice lineup uh quickly he had neiman kokrak higo doc redmond miscut kazire and merit troy merit so he had oh, neiman man. and merit uh didn't get the win but he got the win there so good lineup there i also want to point it out because there was 16 entries one six i came 16th and 15th Doubled my score, <laughs> Craig. I Did you say not... you had a you had a zero for six? I had zero for six. I don't think I've ever had that. Even making twenty offs, I only made two. My other one cashed nicely in a GBP. That was fine. Uh, but this one is just like a comedy of errors. So real quick, Webb Simpson, miscut. Hideki Matsuyama, withdraw. Brendan Todd, miscut on the number like Webb or no. Webb wasn't on the number. Doc Redmond, miscut. Von Taylor, miscut. Denny McCarthy, miscut. Zero for six. I I'm the laughing stock. Yeah. You just gotta you just gotta prove them wrong. Um prove them wrong next week, I guess. Well, I, I like how long can I ride this Harris English pick? I gotta I gotta <laughs> move on. I gotta move on. Either get something this week or maybe for the open. Try not to peak too early. Just you know, top five. Yeah, I think I think it's really next week you wanna peak. Yeah. Okay. Should we put Rocket Mortgage to bed, move on to this week? Yeah. Two tournaments, John Deere Classic, Aberdeen Scottish Open, Craig. Just to give you a quick kind of glimpse, this is kind of interesting, I thought. Kind of two statistics on each. So John Deere Classic, we have five players inside the top 50 in the world plane. So five of 50. But on DraftKings, DFS, we have $15 GPP entry with 200K to first in DraftKings. So big, you know, normal PGA Tour entry. Hop over to the pond, Aberdeen Scottish Open, 18 players in the top 50, including world number one, world number three, a lot of guys in the top 10. And then over there, we only, or in DraftKings, we only have a $10, 20K to first DK contest. So 
it's kind of interesting. Someone's going to play the John Deere and take home 200K. Uh, but I think if you're prepping, especially if you're prepping and want to watch guys for the open, Aberdeen Scottish Open is where you want to have most of your interest, at least your eyes, this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple things. I think that it, 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 it there's so much of the DraftKings um, participation. Is. Uh, yeah, it, it is from the States. And so uh, you get, even though, like, until you get to the Open Championship, the field really doesn't matter because people aren't going to watch it. Like the timing of when it is aired, maybe they'll catch the little bit in the morning or at night, you know, but it's just yeah. the the timing is tough for people to follow it. And so um, it just ends up not being as popular. But that said, I'm probably as excited about the Scottish Open as I am with the John Deere, if not more. Oh, yeah, I, I think I am without doubt. Um, I guess should we hop into the John Deere first and then have the uh, Scottish Open second here? Yeah, you know, maybe like a little a little appetizer and and that we're calling Scottish Open the entree. Okay. Well, I, I was just going right from Appies to dessert, but <laughs> what are we eating? This this metaphor has gone completely. We don't bust. eat well. What you got vegetables with your meal? I'm saying let's just get some wings. We'll get some. We'll get <laughs> some tapas. Uh, yeah, tapas <laughs> and dessert. Uh, John Deere Classic. It's at TBC Deer Run. Uh, it's been there since. Uh, 2000, I believe, par 71, 7,200 yards. Uh, it wasn't played last year. Recent history, uh, I was just about to pull it up. I think we have Dylan Fratelli. I want to say Michael Kim. Craig, do you have it available? Yep, Michael Kim. Um, I don't have 2017. I only have people who are in the field. 2017 winners not in the field, so I don't know who that was. Uh, 2016 was uh, Ryan Moore. Uh, but yeah. So And then just real quick. Oh, it was Bryson, 2017. Oh, yeah. Okay. There we go. Um, all of them, I mean, Bryson was only 18 under, but the last six, I want to say at least, all 20 under or lower. So it is low scoring, birdie fast. I mean, easy for these guys just to kind of rip this course apart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, typically that's the, that's the case. It's also, it's one of these ones, and, and it was the same way, I think, at the Rocket Mortgage, where because it, it makes it harder to predict when, when these birdie fests happen. Absolutely. You're not doing the same filtering of players that you see at hard courses, at major championship setups. Uh, so, so it really brings anyone into play because yeah. um, you've got to make a lot of birdies. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I mean, going into this general strategies, thoughts, are you going to do kind of one lineup and leave it? Are you going to, you know, are you thinking high, low? Are you thinking, you know, shotgun kind of spray? Are you looking at accuracy, power, putting? Oh, you just want guys to tick every single <laughs> Yeah. Tick all the boxes. I say, uh, no, I, I likely am going to go with a, a bit of a high, low, I guess. I, I like a few of, I think I'll probably, so, so right at t- up top um, is Berger. I think he he's kind of the the biggest name, the the pedigree yeah. of the field. I think I'll probably avoid him just because I think that will cause people who want kind of the safe stud type player uh, to to play. I think you could argue the only will... real star. Yeah, exactly. So field. I think that sort of lineup build will concentrate on him. So I think. What I'm going to do is to look at if you potentially put in a couple other high guys and then go low. Because I, I do think that you don't need to to just look at, at the top. I, I think this type of course presents itself so that so many people have a chance. 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, going back to last week as well, it's a, you know, we talked about last week. You have, DraftKings has to kind of play to their uh, salary template, right? So they, they need to fill it out however they think. If you think someone's mm-hmm. priced wrong, like, go go with your gut. Build kind of blind if you're able to do that with whatever you're building with. Um, it, anyone, anyone absolutely can win. Um, leave, leave salary on the table if you want to, if you want to get really weird in these big GBPs. Um, but looking at it, I'm going to kind of have a mixed bag. The one thing I would say, looking for guys probably a little bit more accurate, um, probably some more history, probably leaning because it's kind of, you know, guys maybe on, if you're thinking of a bell curve on the early parts of the career or maybe the late parts of the career, I'm probably leaning more late parts of the Zach Johnsons, the Strickers, the, I mean, those veterans rather than, you know, the Saws, the Packs, those, the, that type of player. Yeah, uh, I, I would say the thing that I, I really agree with the the accuracy thing. Uh, if you look at, at people who have been successful here over the years, um, the, the fit seems to be accuracy. So, you know, even a guy like Sungjae, who, who's the second most expensive guy in the field, you have to like the fit. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily know if I'm getting there myself. Um, I would say actually the person right after him. If we if we want to jump into our players of interest. Um, okay, so before that, we're not going to do each tier because we're doing two tournaments. We're going to do a high, we're going to do a low, and we'll probably chat around a little bit. So you talked about Sungjae, or Daniel Berger, Sungjae M. Player of interest, I feel like yeah, it's coming up next. Next eye for me, Brian Harmon. Um, 10,400 he's third most expensive it, it, to me it's it's a combination he's played well at the event uh, he has he was a winner here in 2014 uh, he, he's another top 10 he has five top 26s uh, in seven starts here so he's played well I think it's a good yeah. course fit his form is good coming in um, I, I mean we, we I feel like I I bring up Brian Harmon all the time so I can kind of rehash it essentially he's coming off a a, a fifth, 19th, eighth miscut at the PGA Championship. Top 20, top 20, top 20, top uh, third at the players. You know, so it's just he's been so consistent. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he popped off for a win. But even if not, I think he he just the chances of him being in the top 10 are so high to me that I, I love the value. Maybe someone else in your lineup wins um, and, and he's the, you know, he's the cruisy fourth place that that you need yeah. to have in your lineup it's so funny like i i was just watching so hard on tuesday wednesday of people you know using those kind of buzzwords uh for bryson he, he's a lock for this or like dude like he's absolutely top five no questions about it he's a top five fill in the rest of the other five guys and try to figure that ryan Harmon, you're saying you feel good about a top 10 uh, you didn't. You, you didn't say lock. Uh, you're, you're not that guy. Oh, I'll um, say lock. I'll call him like a sure thing. I'll guarantee it. <laughs> I guarantee it. Uh, no show next week because Craig guaranteed Brian Harmon top ten. <laughs> okay, so uh, so here 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 is what I would say. So so going back to since the match play where he absolutely killed it, he has four rounds where he's lost strokes. Wow. And he has never lost more than a, a stroke. Like his lowest one was uh, he lost a stroke. So he's got like minus 0.42, minus 0.4. But he has, uh, let's say, 20 something rounds where he's gained in that time. So it's just crazy how well he has been playing. Um, he has only the PGA Championship that he's lost strokes over the course of the tournament 
since the Sony Open in Hawaii. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's, no. it's, it's really just crazy how well Brian Harmon's playing. Um, I, I, I think that the biggest shame is that he doesn't have a win in that time. Yeah, it is kind of a shame. And his four putt at the U.S. Open. That's also a shame, but... Yeah, that one, I mean, it's a shame, especially because, uh, you know, for those guys, uh, that costs a lot of money. There's a lot of money at the majors. He still ended up tied for 19th there. So you think, call that four putt a two putt. And I just also can't believe how big his putter is. Like, it looks like as big as his shoe, like that mallet he uses. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah. It's generally back and forth. Yeah, looking it's at kind of like, you know, you know, when you're having to sweep um, into those little buckets, uh, a a, the bucket, a dustpan on a stick, though, like like the ones you know. We used to work at a Thanks. movie theater, and you'd have to yeah, sweep yeah. up, and oh, it's a big dustpan thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a huge dustpan thing like that. <laughs> I think I've tried a golf swing with that back in my theater days. <laughs> I usually did it with the brooms, but that was me. Yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, of these top three, Burger M Harmon, I think uh, Harmon would be my play as well. Even like just kind of straight up. Yeah, I worry a little bit about how popular it'll be, but I think, you know, seeing Harmon, Berger is the one that you're like, okay, I don't mind paying for him. He's, he's a yeah. blue chip. Harmon, yeah. people are like, eh, but I, I do worry a little bit that his ownership will get high. Yeah, you have five other spots to figure it out, mm-hmm. so I'm not too worried about that, really, with anyone. Next up, Cam Davis, coming off the win, gets bumped up to 10,100. I'm not going there because I don't play, I don't like the goal guys back to back. We haven't had a Brendan Todd in a while. But right below him is my player of interest up high. I'm going Russell Henley, 9,900. So just below, I think, fifth there. Uh, Henley has three PGA Tour wins, Craig, two of which came at minus 20 or lower. So I think, you know, he's not going to grind out that potentially that U.S. Open type win. But if you need to get to minus 23 and he's on his on week, Henley's one of those guys that can get there. Uh, he's coming off two top 20, so he didn't play last week, but he has a top 20 at the Travelers, top 20 at the U.S. Open. He's been positive strokes in putting in three of his last four. I, di- I do think there's uh, definitely putting correlation here. Um, there's been quotes saying that this is kind of a putter's course, but picking putting is hard. But guys can just have great weeks, but he does have a trend of positive strokes in putting in three of his last four. So I do like to see that where a guy, of a guy, you know, kind of relies on his approach shots. That's, that's kind of how he, he makes his, Hey, uh, he's played here twice, 27th in 2014 and second in 2019. The last time he was played and that included a 61 on Sunday. Yeah. Re- I really like it. I think he's a fit. I think he's, he's someone who is much more accurate than long uh, and has great approach play, which to me, that's, that's the template for this course. Um, it, it, ultimately, I think the upside just depends. It, it, Russell Henley, it seems like he's one of these guys that can just throw away a lot of strokes, it seems like. Yeah. Um, but he also is one of these ones who, when he starts to play well, it seems it snowballs. Like, all of a sudden, his yeah. putter then gets hot. You know, he, he's hitting good approach shots. I mean, he sort of, hit good, uh, he sort of hits good approach shots all the time. But, yeah. you know, yeah. once he starts to make a couple putts, it just snowballs. And he, he, seems, to, he seems to carry momentum well. Um, so, I, I like to play a lot. I think he's someone who has tons of win potential here. I mean, all, of these guys, maybe top five for sure, top eight, top ten. He's maybe one of the most volatile. Like, even I have guys like Strelman, Nod, Norin. Kind of more veterans, you might be a little bit safer. I'd say Cam Davis maybe coming off the win is maybe a little bit more volatile. Uh, but I think Henley is. 
but I think he, when he's at his best, you know, I kind of almost take him about against anyone in this field at their best, besides of a handful, really. Yeah, um, Streelman would be so. You know, I, I think we'll we'll kind of skim through this, but Streelman would be the one other guy. I, like I, I like Henley as well. Uh, I, I have Harmon as my player, but I like Henley as well. Streelman would be potentially the one other guy that I would uh, take a long hard look at here, depending on it. Depending on how many lineups I make, he'll he'll probably get in one. Um, he has been playing well. He has good. I think he's got a good history here. So it, there's a, a lot of things that kind of line up in his favor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Streelman's fine. Going down, your boy Alex Noren got a bump uh, to 9,300, but he's playing well. The one that stands out is kind of an absurd pricing. Interested in your opinion here is Seamus Bauer. 9,000. 9,000 for a PGA Tour for a full full kind of FedEx Cup point PGA Tour event. Seamus Bauer is 9,000. Yeah, I mean, he he's coming in with a lot of heat. He's gained so four straight top 20s. Um, top 10 at the Byron Nelson, top 10 at the Rocket Mortgage. He's gained at least 1.18 strokes in four straight tournaments. So uh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. It's just funny. Like I, I've watched a little bit less golf than I have this last couple of weeks than I have, you know, the, mm-hmm. the year leading up. Um, so I haven't seen a lot of Seamus Power. And I, I don't know if a lot of people, I don't know if he's been in the broadcast a lot, but I don't know if a lot of people are rostering him or even winning money off him have seen him play. <laughs> like, it's, like it, it's kind of like a spreadsheet of him, like kind of going up, 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 trending. But having watched golf for a couple decades, I, I don't think I can ever be convinced to play 9,000 for Seamus Power. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to be on him. Um, this is a guy who missed the cut at a Corn Ferry tournament in March. So, um, <laughs> yeah. like, it was, but that said, he's playing great golf, and, and that's golf is a fickle sport. Like a, a lot of people, you know, I think for golf fans, it's it's sort of a no brainer that you see people come and go from streaks like this. But for yeah. people who come from other sports, where you're like, well, how can some guy be so good for four straight weeks and you still don't like him? Well, like it's different. It's not like he's a he's yeah. a you know all the running backs are good and he's going to get his opportunities. It's just yeah. like it just can come and go so easily. Remember when uh, when Malmati just was seemed yeah. to be on fire in the fall? <laughs> yeah. um, it's just a fickle game. He he was yeah he was making everything. Yeah. Uh, going down to eight Ks. Anybody you want to talk about here? Uh, no, I mean, I'll, uh, so I don't have any players of interest here. Uh, there's people that I think will be in lineups for. Oh, well, it depends. So I think most of mine, I'm going to kind of go two of those players up high. Um, mm-hmm. So then probably mm-hmm. I'll be going down into the 7Ks. Uh, anyone in the 8Ks really jumping out at you? Uh, you know, Zach Johnson, I, this is another kind of looking at guys coming in, looking at their 30-day stats, their three-month stats, or... Let's look at their career. Let's look at, you know, two-year stats. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hasn't been putting well, but he is a good putter. And so I'll play Zach Johnson. Uh, he won here in 2012. Uh, yeah, I was going to say great, great course history. He won here in 2012. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven top fives in a nine-year span at this event. So, uh <laughs> If, yeah. if we were doing a horses for courses segment, um, <laughs> he would be. Unfortunately, he'd probably still be second, but he would of have an exceptional. We'll, we'll get to, we'll get to why he's second, but uh, there, 
But so uh, yeah, he jumps out. Uh, Doc Redman is still calling my name. I, I think I'm just kind of long term on him, but I don't know if I'll get there this week. I mean, kind of same. I mean, two guys that we were big fans of, Redman and Doug Gim, are right there, low eights. Yeah. You're okay. Maybe, maybe a little duel. Maybe a little USM rematch duel. USM um, rematch. I like it. Yeah. No, I'd say I'd say to me, Zach Johnson is the guy that stands out the most. He, he, he you know, we we saw him play very well through the fall. He was on a, a crazy cut streak for a while, and then it's been a little bit hit or miss. But he seems to. Uh, there's glimpses. He kind of has yeah. to put it all together, but we're seeing glimpses of good play from him. Um, so going to a course where he is very comfortable, I, I think that's an attractive play. Okay, so into the high sevens, kind of teasing a little bit here, Craig, your player of interest. Yeah, my player, player of interest, the, the, the horse for the course, uh, because there's no one coming close. Back-to-back-to-back um, back to back winner in, in 2009, 2010, 2011. Uh, senior, senior uh, no, we don't call it the senior PGA anymore. What do we call it? The PGA Championships. PJ yep. champions, um, Steve Stricker. I, I love the play. Seventy seven hundred seems a little bit expensive until you look at the field and, and you realize how well Stricker has been playing. Um, so you know, it's it's a combination of course history. I don't think the things that he doesn't do well, um, mainly distance. It doesn't. You don't need to do that here anymore. So I think yeah. he is potentially the best value in the whole slate. Um, you even you, you get rid of his champions tour stuff, which has been great of recent. Yep, it has been. Yep. You look even just his PGA. He's made cuts in um, one, two, three, four, five of his last six. Uh, he had a top five at the waste management. Uh, so that's ignoring you know multiple wins on the senior tour. Um, yep. I, I just think that uh, you're going to a place where he's won three years in a row. He's playing good golf. I think. Signs are pointing to it being a good play. Now, the question, obviously, is going to be ownership, but I, I, I'll, I'll take the ownership hit here. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think, um, again, kind of if you're just looking at, uh, you log on, you, you click on his name in DraftKings, and you see his log, and you're like, oh, and nothing's really popping out here. But yeah, uh, the Senior Players Championship, he dominated that. And those guys, I mean... Yeah, 50-plus. But remember, we also had a 50-plus guy just win a major championship in, in Phil Mickelson. Like, these guys aren't just rolling over for him. We're talking about Fred Couples, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, that he beat by 10 strokes at the Bridgestone Senior Players Championship. Like, Steve Stricker is playing very good golf right now. Yeah. Um, I was invested in that because he was part of my parlay that week. If, if you're oh, wondering yeah, why yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am, I know a lot about Steve Stricker recently. It's because he was part of my parlay. Um, yeah, I love the play. I, I think it's as safe as you can get. I think that being said, I, I feel like I have to knock on wood because I just jinxed him. But I absolutely love the play. He hasn't missed a cut here since 2003. Um, yeah. I mean, three straight wins, four other top tens. Uh, there's just, and that's the thing. I feel like he's playing better golf now than he has been. I thought you were gonna say that he was playing. In... No, in in the last <laughs> three years. May uh, so I mean, 2018 maybe would be the last time you could argue that he was playing better. Um, right. But yeah. Um. Anyways, you've got another guy. Oh no, I guess he's a ways down. Anyone else in in sort of the higher 7K range that you're taking a hard look at? 
Uh, no one here. Uh, your boy Mito is back here at 76. Any interest going right back there after miscut? I don't think so. Uh, fool be twice, you know, that whole business. Um, there's a couple guys that I'm looking at at 75. And this is, this is where I don't know how far into the weeds we want to get. But to me, I, I think Tom Lewis might be a bit of a sneaky play. Um, yep. he is, uh, he's coming off a 25th at, at Rocket Mortgage. Uh, I think he's someone that he just has upside potential, in my opinion. Um, so in, in a field like this, maybe maybe the, maybe that's a that's a place to go. And then Chez Chez is someone who I've I've ping ponged. Um, I was burned by him a bit this week. He was one of those guys that that missed a cut that uh, you know hurt yep. hurt my lineups. But uh, it's it's it should be a good course fit for him. Um, so he's another guy in the in the seven k range that I'm taking a long hard look at. And, and he played well, uh, for sure. I mean, U.S. Open qualifiers to get into the U.S. Open. He, I think he played really well in his in his qualifier there. Yeah, I mean, he essentially, before missing the cut last week, he had three good weeks. I mean, he was 40th at the U.S. Open, but that's not that bad of a result for him. Um, he did that on the back of not great putting. So uh, the putting is really the question mark with him right now, which totally. uh, yeah. is unfortunate because he can, he can roll sometimes. Yeah, kind of concerning. Okay. We're going to low sevens here. I got a guy that I just kind of focused on and I think is going to be completely underowned. I'm going CT Pan here, Craig. 7,200. He's my player of interest, my low player of interest here. So, right around him, first off, I like this. You got Brandon Hagee, Neesmith, Nick Taylor, Chesson Hadley. I think guys that might get some more eyes than CT Pan. I don't think CT Pan is going to get a lot of eyes. Well, the spear's going down the wrong tube here. I'm going to try to power through it. Uh, so, Ben, made cuts in four of his last five events. He played here once in 2018, finished 34th. Uh, arguably kind of playing the pretty similar golf to that time span, like kind of making cuts, but in the 20s, 30s, 40s. So, kind of similar. Uh, a little bit higher. He had a little bit higher official golf ranking then, uh, but I think pretty similar to coming in there. Uh, he is a BJ Tour winner, having won the RBC Heritage in 2019. And then something we did a lot on our picks and sleepers show. So he ranks 46th in pricing. So remember the number 46. If we look at the strokes in total number ranks for this field, if we look at the past three months, he ranks 26th. So it's value, you know, he's kind of trending in the right direction. If we go pull back a little bit further to the last six months, he ranks 34th. So still better than his 46. And if you go even to the past year, the past 12 months, he ranks 36th. So still 10 places better than where he's ranked. And that's kind of what I thought when I was first scrolling down. You know, we've got this uh, PGA Tour event with a lot of guys with, you know, maybe less than a handful or a couple seasons under their belt of experience. Speculative. Yeah, speculative. CT Pan here has made four of his last five cuts. He's 7,200. He probably should be closer priced to the 75-ish hundred. Uh, so I think it's a little bit of value. Am I, yeah, squeezing a little bit of the stone of value? Sure, a little bit. But, I mean, this is a PGA Tour winner making 80% of his last, you know, five cuts. I, it's risky, but I, I think he'll go completely kind of overlooked. Yeah, I uh, I hadn't really thought about him a whole lot, but uh, I, I, I agree with the things you're saying. Um, I think he is also someone who 
clearly has upside potential. Uh, we saw him yes. third, third at the Honda Classic. Uh, he was seventh at the, at the Masters in, in 2019. So, um, or sorry, in 2020. The, fir- the, the, the wet yeah, one. The, the weird, <laughs> the the weird Masters. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, I like it. I, I don't know. I mean, it'll depend on how many lineups I'm making. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I've got no problem with that one. And I think it allows you, you know, it's still, we're, we're recording this Monday night. Uh, we don't know exactly what ownership is going to be like. I haven't heard his name yet. Um, but I think it allows you to do things up top or in the middle uh, with some of the other guys we talked about. Yep, for sure. Um, anyone down deeper that, uh, that you've looked at at all? You know, I, I think I just made one lineup so far. And I think the lowest I went was... Uh, CT Pan. So I haven't. I don't really know if I've looked this low. To be honest, I'm scrolling. So so um, just this is the I, I as well made one lineup. The lowest that I have gone. Um, and this is I, I don't know how much I like this play. This one may end up changing. I might not keep it in there. But Jim Herman at seven thousand. I respect that he's playing good. Golf. So he's yeah he's got a twenty six at Memorial and the twenty fifth at, at Travelers. Um, he really hasn't done like <laughs> if you look at since his win in in the fall um fall late summer i guess it was is august uh he really has done next to nothing um yeah. but maybe you know maybe there's a little bit of form coming in there in a weak field so uh, he also you know if accuracy over distance he he is more that kind of guy so um there's rare times that I'll click on someone who has made eight of eighteen cuts, but uh, but yeah, I think I think Herman might make lineups for me this week. Hi, he's interesting. I mean, scrolling down here, mid sixes, no one's really popping out. Vince Whaley, Ben Martin, maybe at sixty eight hundred. Uh, yeah, I Michael followed you on Ben Martin last week. That didn't work out so. Well. Yeah, maybe I just avoid this altogether. I mean, this, yeah, it's going to be... It, this is where, like, you know some of these guys are going to, like, just on this type of course, you know some pe- some of these people are going to make some noise. It's just very, very tough to, to pick anyone from this. And this is where I might say, and this might be a segue, but if you're looking, you know, to kind of hone in your TFS roster building skills, and you want to do 20 lineups, let's say, it might be a better week to go over to Scotland and do 20 lineups there. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to see more guys there playing the Open than he, I think only I mean five guys or so are qualified for the Open in this um, John Deere Classic. Yeah, so something something to think about. But the contests are bigger, so that always draws people. Yeah. Usually suckers like me. Maybe on that note, should we flippity flop over? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, where are we? Aberdeen Scottish Open. Uh, Sponsor's name is now Uberden. I don't know if you saw that. Took out all the value. Val- oh, I can't insurance? I think so. Vowels. That's what I was trying to say. They took out all the vowels. Uh, we're at the Renaissance Club here, Craig. Just uh, to the... Looking at my compass east of Edinburgh, I believe. Hosted the last two Scottish Opens. Par 71. Very similar yardage. 7,293 to the one in the U.S., um, but looking, and I forgot to pull up the history again, Craig. So I'm this is in Berwick, isn't it? Um, yeah, so this is actually, it's, it's near where one of the first golf courses was, which is cool. <laughs> that is cool. This is a new course though. It's the Renaissance. 
Yeah, that is true. Okay, uh, recent winners here. Last two, Bern Wiesberger, 2019 Aaron Rye. Um, Ray, right? And, and Rye. it was at, did you already mention Those this? two courses. Sorry? Those two courses for those ones. Is that what you're going to say? Well, no, uh, it, it, with 2019, it was at the Renaissance Club. And 2020, yeah. The last, last two editions of this one. Oh, okay. At Great. Renaissance. Yeah, the, the Wikipedia just said 2019, so I, I hadn't been paying attention to the 2020. I guess the 2020 would have been a bit different um, because you wouldn't have had people traveling there to play before the Open. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm right, but... Uh... Uh, no, I think you... So just on the Renaissance Club's site, uh, Wikipedia oh, I page, gotcha. they just have, they, it probably just hasn't been updated since 2019. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Uh, okay, but flipping over there... Talking about this field, we got John Rom. I'm just going down DraftKings order here. John Rom, Morikawa, Rory, Xander, JT, Scotty Scheffler, Fitzpatrick, Sal Torres, Hatton, Bez, Fleetwood. Like, all right, we got some stars here. We got some stars in the 9Ks and 8Ks here. Yeah, like you can come over here and get JT cheaper than you can get Brian Harmon over at, uh, over at the John Deere. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that absurd? Uh, so, okay, I don't know if this is going to spill into you or into open strategy or, or what, but what, what are you looking at for this one? Uh, it's going to be an interesting. So, so what I'm looking at essentially from a DFS point of view, uh, I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to potentially go balanced, look for one or two players in the 9Ks. And then uh, I, essentially I think a lot of people are going to flock to um, Ram, Morikawa, Rory, Xander, I, I think there's going to be a lot of ownership up there. It's hard to get away from John Rom right now, to be honest. Yeah, like, it's yeah. very, very hard. So uh, I'm just going to essentially count on, I hope enough people feel like you need to plug Rom in because he's just a, on, a stud that's on fire. Um, so I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go balanced. I think I'm going to try to get as many, um, you know, I'll talk about a player interest here in a sec, but I think plug like the Bezes and the yeah, the plugging dummies. in someone in kind of the nine Ks, and then trying to keep the bottom of your lineup as as high as you can, and then hope that more of these Euro, these regular European Tour players and whatnot can can perform well against these guys who are just coming over there to kind of get their warm up round in, you know, some competitive reps on on uh, links courses before the Open. Yeah. Uh- a couple thoughts for me. So I'll probably do the opposite of that. Um, the other one I would say is if you, we've been doing Euro content for as long as we've been around, we love the European tour content. Our discord has a European tour, uh, you know, what's it called? Channel channel. channel, think, channel? Yeah. yeah. Channel. Uh, so there's a lot of good chatter there. And I think there's definitely benefits to having tracked it for a while. That being said, these contests are bigger than a typical European tour contest. So Maybe more casual eyes coming, looking for the familiar names, the names they recognize. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe they might have more ownership. But also, less so with guys like uh, JT. Um, JT's the only one that's sticking out. But JT's come over a few times, played a few opens, a handful, half dozen opens or so. He, he's come over the week before typically and played this event. Um, but guys coming over, you know, kind of for the first time, looking at this, Scotty Scheffler, Zala Torres, Corey Connors, Sam Burns, those are going to be a voice for me. I think they're going to try to figure out more so kind of the style of play, you know, the late those are style voids of play. for you. Those are voids for me. I think these, you know, Canadians, Americans that 
maybe haven't don't have really as much roots in the UK or Lynx Golf are going to be guys I avoid because I think this really is more of a, a stress test, a warm up test prior to the Open rather than you know I I know how to play here. I'm Bezadenhout and I've dominated. And not well, yeah, he has dominated. That was in South Africa as well, but uh, Bobby McIntyre, uh, Ian Poulter, Keimer, like they have their legs under them with link style golf. They know yeah, what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm going to Ryan Palmer is another instance of a guy, you know, I would have to check how many opens he's played. Does he have that link style with, them? you know, that, that Texas golf, is it that different? He's Texas wedge. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. He's putting from everywhere. No, I, I hear you. Um, that said, I think, you know, if I'm picking a winner, I'm picking John Rom. Oh, yeah. I didn't name Rom as one of those guys. I know, but like, <laughs> it's just, you know, I, I just, I can't get away from how good a golf that guy's playing. And it just, he's, yeah. So he, we, need to, we, need to have a, we need to have a thing for a comment this week. And I didn't run this by you, but I think our thing should be pick your winners, the doubleheader. Okay. Okay. So let's let that sink in while we kind of talk through the DFS for the Euro. But that's what we're going to ask. Comment below. Winner of the two, we're going to, you know, try to get something that's like if you add up their positional points, it's like less than 10. You know, we've got a second and a sixth. I think that'll be really good. That'll be impressive. Or a first and a first. Yeah. I was just going to pick the winners of the both. <laughs> uh, but that being said, with those Zalatoruses, um, those Corey Connor, Sam Burns, there's probably going to be. Some of them that do very well, but oh, for sure. Um, so, so do we want to talk through a little bit the the top of this field? That's kind of what I was getting at with when I was saying John Rom's going to win. Uh, he's priced accordingly. He's eleven thousand five hundred. Uh, so you have to sacrifice to get him in. But if I were to be playing someone up here, I think I would probably play him and uh, you know over a, a Morikawa or or a Rory. Yes, um, I have another guy up there. The one thing I was going to add, though, uh, so we have two additions at this course, trying to do some research. Uh, the winning score uh, in 2019 was minus 22. Um, and looking at the weather, there's a weather tower right there, kind of beside the course. It looks pretty calm the entire time. So I think these guys are going to be able to attack it. Um, so with that, I am looking more at approach players and just kind of really <laughs> talented guys mm-hmm. um less so than, than the grinders necessarily um but that being said raw morikawa xander jt they, yeah all i mean I, I guess raw is the best player right now to yeah. me i could see you know if, if i was making 20 lineups i'd be looking a lot more seriously at the top here um I could see. I just have a hard time. I think with with Morikawa. I think if I'm going to be paying eleven one for him, I just want to play eleven five. I think once you get down to Rory Zander, or JT, Rory. Uh, and then to me, once you leave JT, then I'm like, okay, well, you know, I if I'm not going to have JT at ten three, I want to go down a ways to get a discount. Um, but that that's sort of like if I'm going to spend, I don't want to spend eleven one on on Morikawa because. I'll just spend up and, and get to, yep. to ROM. Um, 
and and then I do I, I do think that that tier of of Rory Xander JT all within four hundred dollars of each other in the mid ten thousands to me I'm like okay I see I see that being decent value um, but then after that you kind of have to drop down a little ways yeah that leads in I'm gonna go with my player of interest here Justin Thomas ten thousand three hundred so basically <laughs> no I like hey, it I almost last him time in. I think he was my player of interest or on the show it was at the players championship not saying he's necessarily going to win this one but hey player of interest but you're not saying he's not going to win either i'm not saying he's not going to win uh but it's getting close to that point where it's like why are we disrespecting him again because well he hasn't been playing great golf but fifth in this field right above scotty scheffler there's a there's not just like a tier there there's a huge cliff we're talking about from justin thomas to scotty scheffler like Give me a break. They're only giving $300 difference here. One of the best players in the world. <laughs> He's also below Xander and Rory, which, I mean, you could say have questionable uh, form as well. Uh, Rom is the clear number one, but Morikawa, Rory, Xander, JT, throw him up in the air, pick one. I'm going to pick the guy who's cheapest. <laughs> yeah, no, no I, I'm fine with that. I, I thought you were going to try to s- say that, like, Rory Xander being above him is is absurd. Uh, like, uh, toss him up. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, JT has not had great form. Like, I think that's the one, okay. the, the reason he is priced where he is and not say where Morikawa is, is that his form has not been good for JT, you know? So, like, that's yes. the, for, for the guy that we think of as, as, I think he's number three right now in the world, who uh, at times is we think of as a potential number one. Um, yeah. So, so I think that's, that's the reason that he is in, in fifth place in this field in terms of pricing. But um, that said, JT can turn it on and win at any point. Yeah. So I didn't even get to my notes that I was just ranting there a little bit about JT. My notes, uh, what I, I guess I talked about him being only fifth priced. Uh, but 2019, his appearance here in the Scottish Open at this course, he was ninth. I like that because he doesn't have a lot of links golf, but he has outside of the majors and they, they include the WGCs on the European tour uh, website. I think the Scottish open is the only other one that he's played before the, the week before the open. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, all about that approach screens and regulation. I think that's what I'm looking for, for this course can go low uh, like that winning score in 2019. Um, and then the one thing on his form, he has been positive strokes in putting in three of his last four tournaments. Um, and that is what every announcer will get on him about if we're showing JT kind of highlights. Is he isn't converting these. And yeah, he might have that expectation of converting a lot more of them than the average player. But he has been better than possibly the perception is of him gaining strokes in three of the last four tournaments on the greens. Yeah, I mean, so so, I, I think essentially my argument for why I would play JT. So let me let me do my argument for why I wouldn't first. Um, okay. Since the Players' Championship, he has eight starts. His best finish in that time is thirteenth, um, which is not great. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it, you could look at his starts and be like, if, if this wasn't JT, then yeah, it'd be it'd be decent, you know. Um, his last four starts, he has, you know, the Memorial, he gained 0.89 on approach. 
His next best one is 0.1. He gained at the Schwab and then zero at the US Open. So like he, his ball striking does not seem to be great. Um, he In that time, he's lost off the tee in two of them. He's gained on two of them. Uh, so I think you can make a lot of arguments based on form as to why you shouldn't be picking JT. This mm-hmm. is why he's priced where he is. The argument as to why I would. So <laughs> yeah. players championship. It was a, you know, so, so I guess, so U.S. Open, the 20th of June. We haven't seen him since then. Yes. Yeah. He's one of these guys. So, so say Century Tournament of Champions. Little, <laughs> little bit of a layoff, comes back. He was, he was a lot more in that tournament than we remember because he kind of, at least I kind of remember Harris English and, and Neiman as, as the Neiman, takeaways sure. in the playoff. But he was third there. Yep. Had a bit of a break before the Players' Championship. Won yep. that. So, like, I, I think JT is one of these guys that when he, you know, we remember him not being in good form, but we're forgetting about the fact that he's probably spent every moment since the U.S. Totally. Open grinding to try to get ready for the, the Open Championship. So that would be my argument for playing is we're getting him at the discount on his bad form, not accounting yeah. for what form he has played, his practiced himself into. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, like, I... I I, I like the JT pick, I think. I completely agree with everything you've said. Um, and I think you've talked yourself into it a little bit. Uh, the one thing I would add, though, is if he's being streaky in a category, I'd rather him be streaky in putting. Because if Rory is losing strokes off the tee, I'm pretty confident that Rory's going to find his driver again. That's how I feel with, with JT and his approach. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a good point. It, like yeah, he only he's only he's zero at U.S. Open and point uh, plus one at Charles Schwab. That's fine. I mean, that's like that hit. That's almost his bare minimum. I think he's lost strokes in two, and neither of them were more than point two. Um, so that will come around. Uh, so yeah, I think it's just kind of uh, sure price him down there. I'll I'll slot him in. If you think he's if you think he's cold, sure, I'll play him. Yeah, I I, I also think it's just. Um... You know, DFS, we're not just looking to, to pick the people we think have the best chances. We're also playing against the people who are in the same pool as us. Yeah, and, and so yeah, exactly. JT, I don't, th- I mean, I don't think he's going to attract the same ownership. I think, I just have a feeling that Rom is going to be very heavily, like, because he's just been such a stud, I think Rom's going to attract a lot of ownership. And that doesn't let you play a lot of these next guys. And then because yeah. it's Rory playing in, you know, in Great Britain, um, Mm-hmm. I think that will still attract ownership. So, so potentially JT is is maybe the forgotten guy, but tough to tough to tell, tough to know. Yeah. Okay, moving on from ten Ks here. Uh, it just it's a, it's a strong field. Nine Ks: Fitzpatrick, Zaltoras, Hatton, Bez, Fleetwood, Corey Connors. <laughs> that the price in Corey Connors is kind of he was seven thousand ish, I think, at the Masters. Uh, yeah. How far he's come. Yeah. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, with his last few weeks, it doesn't feel like it's that great of a value as much <laughs> no, as he's our Canadian boy. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of your boys here, Craig, both Bez, Alatoris, it's Patrick. You love to play him back. What do you think about this area? So you think this is where you might start lineups possibly? So, yeah, there's. it depends on... So the, uh, the one that I have done so far, my player of interest so far, starts at Terrell Hatton. I, th- I think you can make a really good argument that 
9,400 for Terrell Hatton. So, so we got JT at 10-3. Scheffler, Fitz, Fitzpatrick, I could almost talk myself into at 98. Zalatoris, I don't love his form right now. And then there's some question marks with you know him going over there for the first time, blah, blah, blah. Hatton yeah. at 94 seems like the last player of a value. Like, I, I love Bez, um, but to get Terrell Hatton for $100 more than Bez, that seems a little bit cheap to me you know like yep. i feel like i'll pay that price um we have seen uh you know a mishmash from him uh the putter has not been great recently which is not typical for at least i when i think of trail hatton i think of a strong putter and, and i think that's reflected in the yep. stats uh, he's lost in three of his last four um I I think that that can this guy that can be a situation where going back to the type of courses that you kind of came up on can be a good way for you to get it back. Uh, Teed sure. Green though he's been good, so uh, you know aside from the U.S. Open where he missed the cut, uh, his last time losing strokes over the course of a tournament was the Masters in November. So um, he has played well. Uh, despite yeah. the poor potting in some of the, you know, he was tied for second at the Palmetto. I mean, the Palmetto was the Palmetto. It wasn't necessarily the strongest field, <laughs> but he was tied for second there while losing almost a stroke around putting. Yeah. So it's yeah. just, there's a lot of things in his game that are very good. And to me, what that brings is, I think Hatton has a ton of win equity. So, you know, at 9,400, the way he is, his approach game especially, but just generally his teed green game has been, if he does get some feel back in his putter, I think he can go out there and win. Uh, so, has good history here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. I like Hatton. Um, I think you actually got Hatton in here before I, I got my guy in here because I, I was looking at Hatton a little bit. Um, I think he's one of these guys, haven't seen him since the U.S. Open. Um, I think when we go across the pond, it's a European tour event. I think like his chest is kind of his posture gets a little bit better. Like he's been here, he yeah, like he knows like okay, Zalatoris, you've been playing pretty good, but now we're like this is now we're in my territory kind of deal, you know. Like mm-hmm. I've played here, I grew up here, I can I can get it done here. Um, another guy who I think the time off uh, from the U.S. Open, kind of like we were saying with JT, it's just it, it's just good. Reset the putter, um, approach play will come back. Uh, I really like Hatton. Yeah, I yeah. Think you, a- you look at last three months, last six months in this field. T Green. Guess who is well? Okay, top two. Rom. <laughs> yeah. So top two flips back and forth between Morikawa and Rom, depending on yeah. on which interval. Um, but then Terrell Hatton's three and both. So uh, I, I, it just yeah. for a guy who's not tip like who typically gains putting, um, that's a pretty good place to be. So. It, ultimately, it's going to come down to the putter and, and the potential upside if he is putting well is just huge to me. Yeah, I like it. Uh, a lot of guys to here to like. Let's go maybe into AKs. Anyone, anyone jumping out here? Bobby Mack, one of Kevin's boys uh, on a tear. Looks interesting there, but also right above Higo. Right above Higo. Yeah. You're, looking, you're talking Brandon, Gra- Brandon Grace? No, I was saying Robert. Okay, he's not right above. He's, he's oh, above. I was gonna say because Brand, no, Brandon Grace is my sneaky play here. I think Brandon oh, Grace sorry. is gonna be totally overlooked. I and just for some like reason, I, I literally just did. Yeah, like I, I think he's going to be super, super sneaky. But he's playing really, really good golf. 
Um, but no one really wow. is paying attention to it because, you know, it's Brandon Grace. You don't really think of it. He's not the first person to come to mind. Um, so do you want to get into uh, Bobby Mack? No, I, he wasn't even. I was just scrolling through guys, and I just oh, okay. decided to pass over Grace. So, so Grace, last two tournaments, he was fourth at Memorial, seventh at U.S. Open. Um, it withdrew from the, from Charles Schwab, but he had the win in Puerto Rico earlier. He had a string of of made cuts, kind of not great but good. Uh, I I just think he's to me. He's gonna attract zero eyeballs, um, and. <laughs> This is where, like, if you start low nines, you can plug in some of these guys, and then I think that gives you a ton of upside win potential in, in big GPPs. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, I just thought his price was kind of crazy, but... It is a little bit crazy, but... So, going, I mean, yeah, I, I think those are valid points, and he has been playing very, very well. Um, here you go, Herbert, coming off a win. Interesting there. I actually think the guy... Right below Herbert is a little bit interesting to me, and it might this might be kind of a homer that I kind of stick with a little bit. It was Martin uh, Keimer here. I thought you were gonna <laughs> skip another one below again and talk about Poulter, but no, I, I no, Keimer. Uh, second at the BMW. Um, he's, I mean, if I'm good, looking good at good U.S. Approach, Open, good U.S. Open. Uh, if I'm just looking at an approach um, and greens and regulation, you have to look at Keimer. I think a little bit. And he's been on fire with his irons as of late. Um, 1.83 the U.S. Open where he's 26. 1.5 per round at the BMW. Then just 0.48, but still really good at the Irish Open where he's 41st. Uh, putting well as well. I think he's streaky. I think he, he he's kind of... I forget the last one where I mentioned him. I feel like it was actually a PGA Tour event. Maybe like a Puerto Rico or something that he's playing. But I think he's battling to get back to the player he once was and we're seeing his ball striking look fairly good and that has interest for me for sure yep good history i think i mean good event he's, history how much he's the, won here but it was yeah, different course yeah that's that's where it's tough to know but he was 20th here in 2019 so good result yep. there um i mean obviously not great result but uh, uh the other one i i actually i i do think polter's a good play at 83 he's been playing very good golf yeah. uh, and he has success here so um Again, you know, he does have success actually here, um, but he has a, a lot of success in the early 2000s in the Scottish Open. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, you know, translate that however you'd like. Uh, I, I just really so this is where to me, I think that you can hammer this this area if you avoid if you avoid t- jumping into the 10s or 11s. I think you can really take advantage and, and sort of fill out your lineup with a lot of value here. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an interesting, it's just an interesting, it, it kind of gives me like kind of throwback type, you know, 2018, 2017 vibes as I look at Westwood, Peters, Beef, Johnston, Molinari, like this is like, it's cool. I feel like I'm playing a retro game this week a little bit. Yeah, now the last one here, I think in the 8K to talk about, um, Guido. Yeah. Are you... Do you think he's a play? Do you think he's a, a void because of the hype? What do you... Yeah, so I think he's a player for sure, oh, yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. a not play for me because of the hype. The hype is unbelievable. Um, I mean, a guy that we respect with his zero takes all the time, Skyhook DFS has been you know hyping Guido and playing him and has success and a lot of followers. 
so there's a lot of people I think have been watching him and kind of tailing along with him uh, for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been like exceptional, but I think he might be that uber chalk in this range. Yeah, so I, I agree um, on on both counts, sort of. I, I agree that he's going to be very popular, but I, I also I don't know if this is a point you were making, but him being a player, like I think he is a player, and I think he's a player who's in form. Um, you know, four straight really good results, and so that's where, like, I think I am going to take shots with him as part of what I hope is a contrarian build with the balanced lineup approach. So I hope that you know a lot of people because he is very high profile right now. So yeah. a lot of people who are are you know they're, they're plugging in a. a a Rory or a Xander, and then they're plugging in a Hatton as their second guy in, um, and then this is their third, and then they're going down after that, you know. Like, but if I'm just going fully balanced, I, I think it's going to be a bit of a contrarian play. So um, that's where I, maybe I take the chalk there and, and and hope that some of those other plays I'm making are, are different. Yeah, uh, the one thing I would say is he, U.S. Open was really cool Sunday. He he was dropping bombs, um, but a guy that I. I'll flag like I'm going to flag him and watch him for a bit. And then, you know, a miscut, a T25 and miscut. And then like coming into like the match play or something like criminally underpriced and like under, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and then you look at him again or like a PGA championship or something where like we forgot about him a little bit, but like, oh, no, this guy's got game a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I avoided him after the U S open because I mean, his Sunday was unreal holding out, chips and yeah. all the things um i mean he gained five strokes around the greens over the course of the tournament but he has four straight tournaments he's gained both on approach and off the tee and the gains on approach are pretty darn good so i i, I think that uh, i think he's just a, a good up-and-coming player who is on a very good streak and so i'm gonna kind of that's that's why i think it, it'll be worth a shot here if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out yeah but that being said player of interest for you craig the lower player. So we had our high. We had JT and Hatton. Your low player of interest. Who you got here? So I'm going Matthias Schwab. I think that mm-hmm. uh, it just seems like value. So he's priced at 7,500. Uh, you know, he's around Harding, Scrivener, uh, Aaron Rye, uh, Otegi, a guy whose name I always get wrong, I think. Otegi. <laughs> um, I, I just think I, I think he's a better player than people are sort of than than the respect he's getting right now uh mm-hmm. i mean he, a couple of not great results in his last two the the porsche and the bmw a couple of nice cars um but <laughs> you know going back to late march so so second event in kenya uh seventh seventh eighth 33rd yep. 11th eighth and then 45th and 29th in his last two in so last two. i mean you know top 50 in in eight straight there but then also Four top tens and eleventh in that time, so it just seems like he he's been putting out some pretty consistently good results. And I kind of I, I think has had a year that hasn't been great compared to to where I I, I think I sort of see his career tra- trajectory going. So um, I'm kind of long term bullish on him, and, and just think that he's priced a little bit um, a little bit underpriced here. So if we're this might not be fair, but if if we're Talking to an audience now that hasn't played much Euro, how do you feel about this comparison, Craig? Keegan Bradley? Looking at I, that, see, so, okay. I see where you're going. I don't know. 
yeah, I mean, he's got the strong, very strong approach play and then the weak so putter. His, so his uh, approach, six of his last seven, I want to say, per round, six of the last seven events, 0.91 strokes gain approach or better. Most of them over one, some 1.44 yeah, yeah. per round. Like, it's absurd. Uh, he's gaining some events putting, but he's actually not losing a ton. And that's why it might not be fair. You know, it's minus 0.14 minus 0.36 like he, he's losing putting but it's not a ton there's been a few team. events where he's had big loss putting this year so like it, on the season he's averaging minus 0.5 but there's right. sort of there's a few events where he has big losses and then yeah, it seems yeah. like he just is sort of losing a lot of the time yeah. the other thing i think about that so i i was, I was looking at this recently I think some of these guys, I think there might be a bit of a natural correlation between high approach strokes gain players and and volatile putting um, yeah. strokes gain. Because I think, so if you hit it into, you know, green and regulation where it is about a, a two putt, your, your, your strokes gain approach isn't going to be as high, but then you make kind of a, a routine two putt. That's good. And, it's and, and every yeah. once in a while you make that. So, you, you know, you gain. But if you make it, if you're hitting shots into this, oh, well, you should be kind of maybe about 1.3, 1.4. Like you should be making this enough of the time. But then yeah. a two putt's not good. A one putt would be good. You're making it into that 1.5 strokes gained putting from here in area. It's a very volatile, like you're either going to gain a half stroke or you're going to lose. And most of the time yeah, those putts yeah. don't go. So um, I, I, I just think that as I was looking more and more at why it seemed to be these correlations between these numbers, I, I, I think that you, these people who are hitting it into that, you know, 10 to 15 foot yes. range um, consistently yeah. more than other players, uh, I, I think you're seeing them have more volatile strokes game putting numbers. Yeah, I think it's around 30 feet on approach uh, where they're expecting exactly two po two putts from. So if you, you know, hit it to 28 feet and you have two putts, you might gain like fractionally, fractionally strokes in putting. Um, and then there's, I think there's an, another absurd stat where, you know, per round, PGA pros are only making like on average one putt over 12 feet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's much less round. than you think because we, we watch golf and we, you know, see the sometimes we watch feature groups and we see everything, but for the most yeah. part we see, Oh, cut to this person making a putt because that's the only reason we're showing. <laughs> yeah. It. yeah. So if you're hitting it to, you know, 14 feet every time, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And you only hit one putt or so. Yeah. It's gonna, yeah, it's volatile for sure. Yeah. It's interesting. Okay. We're running a little bit long here. We're doing two tournaments though. Uh, before we dip into the six Ks where my low one is here, anyone else you want to talk about? Nah, I mean, I, I'm looking higher up for the most part. I think, you know, as I start to build more lineups, maybe I'll look down here, but uh, I, re I really think I'm going to try to do as much balanced as I can. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So my low play here, I picked him once before. I'm going to go back. Maverick Ancliffe, 6,700. I think not. he's not going to get any ownership. Casual players aren't going to play him. If Even if you watch a lot of European Tour golf, I don't think you're going to play him. Uh, but I think he's priced too low. He's Aussie. Keep the good times going for the Aussie. We talked about how well he played. I think on the, it was in the China Tour uh, back, in, back in the day, and he got a ton of wins. 
Uh, he has made cuts in three of his last four tournaments, all in the European Tour. So, you know, pretty good fields. He's made three of the last four cuts. He was 36 here last year. So he's played the course. He's played it well. Um, and he's just, he, he kind of follows the trend of the JTs, you know, the Marn Keimers I was talking about. He's a great approach player. So mm-hmm. just, you know, last week, T28 gained one point one nine on approach uh at the irish open so good form coming in but looking at his stats here he's gained over one in half half of his tournaments it seems like of his last 10 yeah Um, really good approach ball striking numbers for him so i I like that Uh, that's kind of the profile i'm building for this tournament you know he has a t11 at the porsche open a second in the canary islands but there's also missed cuts you know if you go back far enough He's making cuts 60, 75% of the time. Yeah. So to me, I would say high risk, high reward, uh, but also someone, if you do look at, at playing showdowns, definitely someone that that type of play typically lends itself to, to high potential in showdowns. Absolutely. And the other one too, again, Monday night, if you look, uh, depending where you live in the world, Wednesday and the wind is changing and he's in the bad draw, maybe you ditch him for kind of a different bill or he's not the right person, you know, in, in a tougher draw or doesn't have other things going for him. Uh, but yeah, my player of interest, Maverick Ancliffe, 6,700. I think it's low. I think he has a ton of upside as much as anyone I can see in the six case. So that's where I'm going. Yeah. Um, now, you know, I, th- I think we're pretty close to wrapping it up here. So I just wanted to, to pass on the, the good news. I did pull into first in the fantasy race to Dubai. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. Um, no, I didn't see you after this week. So I, I had, uh, I think it was either one week or a couple weeks in a row. Um, I hadn't gotten my, or it was just the week after. It was the week after the U.S. Open. I, I didn't get my, because it, it, it closes so early. It closes yeah, at, at midnight. So it clo- it's like four in the afternoon, my time, the day before the tournament. Um, so yeah. if you kind of think of, oh, I got to get my stuff together, the you know, maybe the night before a tournament starts, yeah. you're too late already. Um, but our mom is has a fantasy <laughs> team in there, and she's she's been close in the gap for a long time. So I, I had to start taking, you know, start grinding a little bit more. Uh, and I, I I spiked Herbert last week, so <laughs> nice. That was a good one. Yeah, it opened up a little bit of breathing room, but she's still coming. She's into third now. <laughs> oh man, she's relentless. She is she is a an amazing fantasy player, no matter what sport she. Yeah. She learns it and she plays it. Okay. Comment below. I just hit my desk there. I hope it's still sound you're okay. Good. You're good. Yeah. Comment below. Your two picks to win. I want to hear guys that you think pick to win, but you know, top five, top 10. Going to do that parlay. Who you got, Craig? Uh, so like, are we, are we just, I'm, I'm going to go Harmon and Rom, I think. Harmon and Rom. Okay. Just straight up, I think those are the two people who are going to win the tournaments. I'm going to go... It's actually weird because I'm going with one of yours. Give me Steve Stricker oh. and Justin Thomas. I like it. I like it. That'd be awesome, Steve Stricker. Steve Stricker. Um, and Justin Thomas. I had his PJ win here. Yeah, he's one of your picks, but I, I really like him this week as well. Yeah. Uh, good form, good course history. I like it. Okay, Craig, I think that's our show. Thank you for listening. We went a little bit long. 
we do have the open next week, so make sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our open championship content. Yeah, likely, I think we're going to start pumping some stuff out later this week uh, as soon as you know we get some pricing and uh, we chat with our older brother about when he yeah. wants to do some preview stuff here. Thank you for listening. Comment below. Hit that thumbs up. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You know, if you just watch on YouTube, go to the podcast app, download it, subscribe. That all helps us. Ending that here, Craig, it's going to be a good week. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world right now. Uh, where I am, basically, we're dodging fires every day. So uh, wherever you are out there, be safe. Uh, be kind to those around you because you never know what's going on in their lives. Um, and yeah, all the best to y'all. I like it. Good luck. See you next week. See you guys.